0: As we continue our study on Route 66, we're in the segment of Route 66 about deliverance. Exodus 33, verse 1. Then God said to Moses, depart, go up. Go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought up out of the land of Egypt, to the land of which I swore to Abraham, I swore to Isaac, I swore to Jacob, saying to your offspring, I will give it. Check out verse two. I will send an angel before you. I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perezites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, all those ites, go up to a land flowing with milk and honey. But I will not go up with you, but I will not go up among you, lest I consume you on the way. For you, he's talking to Moses here, for you, of course Moses is a representative of Israel in front of him, you are a stiff-necked people. When the people heard this disastrous word, they mourned. And no one put on his ornaments. For the Lord had said to Moses, say to the people of Israel, you are a stiff-necked people. If for a single moment I should go up among you, I would consume you. So now, take off your ornaments that I may know what to do with you. Therefore, the people of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments from Mount Horeb onward. Now, Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far off from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone, everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting which was outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up and each would stand at his tent door and watch Moses until he had gone into the tent. And when Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent. And the Lord would speak with Moses. When all the people saw The pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent. All the people would rise up and worship each at his tent door. Thus, the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face. What a verse. Thus, the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face. As a man speaks... To his friend, when Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant, Joshua, son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Let's read Moses' prayer and his intercession for the people. Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways. Wow. That I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go up with you. And I will give you rest. And he said to him, this is Moses speaking to God, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct? And I and your people from every other people on the face of The earth. And the Lord said to Moses, This very thing that you have spoken, I will do, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, Please show me your glory. What an ask. What an ask. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim. Before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, this is God, you cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock, and While my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I've passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, God of all gods, Lord of all lords. The one who is mighty to save. The one who is stated in your word. God, you have stated in your word that you will never leave us or forsake us. That you have given us your spirit to dwell in us for those of us who believe. For those of us who call on your name, believe in our hearts. For those of us who are saved, you give us your very self. God, you are so great. You are so mighty. God, you are so high. Lord, in this this passage that that we read about, you speak of your ways. Moses asked to know your ways. Lord, may we know your ways. Father, may I know Your ways, God. I ask that You would speak this morning, God, that Your Spirit would would speak to the hearts of every individual here, and Lord, that we would be honest. We, You, You know the answer, God. You would make the answer clear to us as individuals, Lord. That You would make the answer clear to this church, Your church. Father, may the students in this room be honest. May the adults in this room be honest. Father, may I be honest about where I stand with you right now. Father, let us see the insight from this passage so that we would leave changed. We would leave closer to you. We would leave knowing you. I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Are you good with just knowing the works of God? Just knowing about him? That's a loaded question. I understand that. but I want you to, to just think about it for a moment. I want you to just think about that question. Are you am I okay with just knowing the works of God? Are they enough? For you. So let's let's see the, the works for just a second. Work number one that these people knew. That these people walked in, that these people saw close right in front of their face. Work number one. They were slaves in a nation they were building bricks every single day. That was their existence, and God let them walk out. Work number one. He let them walk out of this nation, greatest nation of their day, not just walk out in the middle of the night. No, they walked out during the plain sight of the day, and they were throwing gold at them. They were throwing clothes at them. They were saying, hey, here, everything that we got, just get out of here. Work number one. Work number two, Egypt finally woke up from that trance, so to speak, and they said, what in the world have we done? We've got to go get our workers back. And so they chase after them. Israel finds themselves in between a rock and a hard place, in between the army of Egypt and the Red Sea, and God did work number two. He opened the Red Sea, and there was a wall of water on one side and a wall of water on the other side, dry land in between, and they walked across On dry land. Would you like to see that? Would you like to partake in that? Are knowing God's works enough for you? Look at what God asked or stated to to Moses in verses 1 through 5 again. He's answering this question. The Lord said to Moses, hey, depart. Go up from here you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt to the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to your offspring I'm going to give it. I will send an angel before you. I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, all those ites. Go up, verse 3, to a land flowing with milk and honey. Would you be okay with that? If he said, hey, I'm going to let you live to 85 I'm going to let you live to 97. It's going to be 97 great years. You're you're going to prosper. You're going to have a house. You're going to have a job. You're going to have kids. You're going to see your kids, your grandkids, maybe even some of your great-grandkids. They're going to grow up right in front of you. You're going to have every blessing that I can give. Are you okay with that? Is that what you signed up for? You know, on uh, on the cover of that question... He's like, why not? I mean, that's a great that's a great answer to that question. Why not? Yes, Lord, I want that. The same group of Israelites who walked out of Egypt catching gold rings and chains and clothes and all that stuff. The same Israelite who walked across on dry land after seeing a wall of water and a wall of water and then that water come on top of a whole army, three days later said, just let me go back to Egypt. Please, just let me go back to Egypt. At least I have water back in Egypt. You brought us out of this land so that we might die of thirst. Are knowing God's works enough for you? Second question. Or do you want to know his ways? Are knowing God's works enough for you? Or do you want to know his ways? A British philosopher named H.H. Farmer stated this. It is, of course, a truism that... What keeps Christianity alive as a vital and creative force in the midst of mankind is its living convictions. Or rather, it is the folk who have such convictions. The folk, the folk, the people, there we go, that's Cross's translation, the people by whom the great Christian truths are not merely assented to as theological statements, but are vigorously affirmed and lived because they grip and engage feeling and volition as well. Maybe that's a hard quote for us to, to handle, but here's in essence what he's saying. It's not just you or me seeing these works that God has done in front of us. And He's done some great works. It's not just seeing these works that keeps Christianity alive. But it is not just seeing those, but these great truths and and, um, convictions, merely these theological statements, but we... Vigorously affirm them and we live them out each and every day because they grip us. He grips us. We engage with Him and He with us. And it's more than a feeling. It is life. So the questions are these. Is knowing God's work enough for you? Or do you want to know His ways? Adults, you have just a brief second. Let me talk to the students. Hey, when, you, when you're sitting in, in math class or you're sitting in history class or you're sitting in science, geometry, chemistry, whatever other subject, do you just want to know the answer on the test? Yeah? You just want to know the answer? Or do you want to know how to get the answer? They came to church and they don't want to, they don't want, they just quit talking to me. Yeah, I've got the ACT coming up, so CDBA, just put those down. Adults, if we're honest, there's many a day that we just, just give me the answer and let let me go about the day. Let me go about the week. Just If you would just tell me what you want, then we can just move on. But for us to understand a subject, for us to understand God, we can't just say, what's the answer? We have to ask the question that Moses asked. Lord, please please show me Your ways. Two insights this morning, trying to answer the questions that have been raised. Insight number one God's ways are better than his works. God's ways are better than his works. Translation God's better than his blessings. God is better than the gifts that he gives. It was one thing for them to see the works of God, for them to to see that day in and day out, for them to be journeying through this wasteland, and God to miraculously give them food every morning, for God to miraculously give them water to drink, for God to keep them protected as they are wandering. God's ways are better than his works. God said to, excuse me, Moses said to the Lord in verse number 12, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name. You have also found favor in my sight. Now therefore, I found favor in your sight. Please show me now your ways. Show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider too that this nation, this nation is your people, God. It's not my people. Moses is saying, God, I wasn't the one who brought them out of Egypt. I wasn't the one who parted the Red Sea. I wasn't the one who split the rock and let water come about. I wasn't the one who who brought manna every day. I wasn't the one who brought quail in that made us sick because we had so much meat day after day after day. I wasn't that one. It was you. It's your people. It's not me. God says to him, my presence, my presence will go with you. Moses says, if your presence isn't going to go with us, then we're not moving. The year was 1832. Robert Murray McShane was a mere 32 years old. Robert Murray McShane was a great Scottish preacher. He died at the age of 34, but at 32, he had a a group of pastors that he was mentoring, that he was discipling, that God was using, and they were walking across the street in Aberdeen, Scotland. It was a busy street. There were horses and carriages and people walking, and the whole group just continues across the street. And they kept walking. And it's stated that Robert Murray McShane is just standing in the middle of the street. And finally, they recognized that hey, Robert Murray McShane's not with us. Have you ever been skiing and you're the one out in the middle of the water and you fall and the boat just keeps going? That's, that's a weird feeling. Are y'all gonna come back? But finally, there, there's some steps that are taken in. And one of the guys with him comes back and says, Why are you in the middle of the street? And Robert Murray McShane has stated that he says to the guy, I lost the spirit of God right here, and I'm not moving until I find him again. For some of us, we think, well, that's, that's crazy because God says that he gave us his spirit and he indwells us and therefore he's omnipresent, meaning that he's everywhere. So therefore, if I'm in the middle of the street or on the curb or wherever I am, he's right there with me and I haven't lost him. But for others of us, you know, you know, when you are with the father. You know when you are in fellowship with him. You know when you can hear his voice. And at this moment, there are a number of us in the room that have lost his voice. Yet, are we willing to go on with life? Are you willing to go on and say, hey, I just want the blessings. That's what I want. I want the blessings. Or will you say, I want your presence? If you're not going to go up, Lord, I don't want to go. God's ways are better than his works. Moses wanted his ways. He wanted to know and to have God more than Just have his works or have his blessings. Adrian Rogers stated it this way. If all you do is see the works of God when everything is fine, the sun is shining and all of that, boy, you'll be marching in the parade, won't you? But just let adversity come. Just let difficulty come. Just let something come that you can't understand. You say, God, why did you do this? How did you allow that? I think I'm going home and going to be with mama. He continues. You know why you want to hot foot it back to Egypt? Why you want to hot foot it back to mama's house? Sir, you're fickle. You don't know God intimately. You can't stick. You see. To to know God intimately, it's the way of peace. To know God intimately, it's the way of stability. To know God intimately, it is the way of necessity. God's ways are better than his works. And for us this morning, you may think that is foreign, and for us it may be foreign, but you and I must know, we must know Him. Let me give you a final insight from this passage. Knowing God, knowing His ways, it opens up life. It opens up life. If I were to start right over here in this section and say, tell me about your week. Tell tell me what was different in the last seven days than the previous month. Had to go to school, same. Had to go to work, same. I got sick this past week instead of being relatively healthy. Okay, that's different. What about spiritual? If I were to ask this whole side, what was different this past week than the last month? Maybe I were to ask this side right here in the middle. What was different spiritually this past week in your life than previous? Are you okay with just knowing God's words? Or do you want to know him? Have you spent time with him? Moses says, Lord, I want to know you. Would you show me your glory? When I read that to us this morning, I said, That that is a huge Ask from Moses to God. That is huge. He says, Lord, I want to know you. Show me your presence. Show me your glory. And God says, Nobody can look at my face and live. So here's what's going to happen there's a rock over here. You go stand it. I'm going to put my hand over it. And as I walk by, I'll let you see my backside. Verses aren't going to be on the screen. I want you to f- come forward just a couple. Of verses down into chapter 34 and I want you to see this moment because here's what God says he says hey I, I'm when I do this I will proclaim before you my name that's in verse number 19 of exodus 33 exodus thirty three nineteen. 19 when I do this I'm going to proclaim my name the Lord so you're going to you're going to know that it's happening it's not going to be a secret you're going to know this is happening the Lord descended, verse uh, chapter 34, verse 5. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed, what? The name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed. The Lord... The Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and on the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Here's the sight. Moses is stuck in the rock. God is beginning to walk by and just so Moses will understand, he says, all right, the Lord, the Lord, hey Moses, it's this happening. This is happening right now. The Lord, the Lord, merciful, mighty, gracious, abounding in steadfast love. You want to see my glory? You want to know me, Riverbend? You want to know me, sir? Here's who I am. I forgive your iniquity. I am gracious. I show mercy to you. Moses, I am right here with you. Sir, it's been a rough week. Ma'am, kids are terrible. I get it. I'm a kid. Bosses on my tail. Get it. Don't know where the next meal is. Got it? Life, because of the choices that I have made, seems terrible. God says, right here in the cleft of the rock, you remember who I am. Remember who I am, because if you would just remember who I am, it does not matter the situation that you're in. Because I got you. Some of us in the room this morning need to ask God. Lord, be honest with me. God, I'm scared that I would, honestly, I would rather just have your blessings and go about my life. You and I may have not gotten this point. What God was willing to give the children of Israel was a one-way ticket into a land full of blessing, a land full of milk and honey, a land that would prosper them, a land that would allow them to live under His umbrella. And my fear, my fear is that if God would allow me That question, how hard would it be to turn it down? Hey, I'll drive everything out. I'll let you have the house that you want. I'll let you have the job that you want. I'll let you have all the stuff that you want. I'll let you do all the things that you want, everything your kid wants, everything that you want. I will let you do that. And go spend your life. But know this I'm not going with you. How hard would it be to turn it down? And Moses says, Lord, if you're not going with us, I'm not going. We're staying right here in the wilderness. If you're not going with us, then. It's not on me, it's on you. Because it's your people and you have stated that you are a God who will never leave us or forsake us. I pray that the questions that are asked today Questions that bring answers of deliverance. Deliverance for life at this moment and deliverance for life that is to come. That they would be answered. I'll give you two passages and I will close. In John chapter 10, Jesus stated this in verses 1 through 5. Jesus said these words. Truly, truly I say to you. He who does not enter by the sheepfold, by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the sheep door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens, the the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Stop right there, go back, he says, the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep and he, the shepherd, leads them out. Next verse. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them. The sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger that they will not follow. But they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus knows his sheep. Je- Jesus' sheep know his voice. And they follow him. Are you following him? And then down in verse number 10, it states this. Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I, I came that you may have life and you may have that life abundantly. Heavenly Father. God, if we're honest this morning, it's a a question or two that we have to deal with. Lord, by no means am, am I saying or are you saying that those of us who know you will not have your blessing? Father, you bless Indeed, we are a blessed people. Father, would would we rather have you over your blessings? If that's the, the question in front of us. Father, this whole generation in Exodus... They died in the wilderness because they didn't know you. They, were, they died because of unbelief. Father, may those of us in this room, Father, may we not die physically because of unbelief. Might, might we ask for your presence. Might we know you. Might we know your ways. we follow you because we know your voice because we're yours father for the youth that are in the room for the men in the room the the ladies in the room for every single one of us might we know you might we surrender to you the invitation time the response time is for you It's not for anybody else. I say this often, but it is. It's not for anybody else. It is for you to respond back to God. He has spoken this morning from his word, from Exodus chapter 33, from the other passages that we looked at. He has spoken from his word and desires you to know him. Would you respond as we stand and as we sing?